0: Welcome
1: to the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast Coming to you from DraftKings Studios With your hosts, Kyle Morganoni and Matthew Betts
0: Welcome in to another edition of the Fans Footballers DFS podcast. Sometimes you just gotta let the intro music roll in, bets. You know what I'm talking about?
1: Oh, for sure. Especially with a hit like this, I mean, the people know this this song and this this jam. Um, yeah, it's it's climbing the charts. It's great. It's a it's one that you just let it happen and you just enjoy the sweet sweet tones that is this
0: song. I I often play a little bit of air guitar if I'm listening to this sometimes. And just so you know, sometimes I do listen back to one, see, hey, what did I say earlier in the week so that (laughs) I don't just happened? (laughs) Often it's really easy to galaxy brain and forget on Tuesday. We like certain plays, but it is for that intro music. So hopefully you're jazzed, you're with us, and hopefully week 13 was kind to you. We're at the point of the season where if you're playing in redraft, it's almost playoff time. But in DFS world, I think the fatigue, especially after this past week, if you did not cash this past week, if it wasn't kind to you, then maybe you said everything was all luck or this is all bad. Let's quickly recap uh, this past week, our cash lineups, and then we'll get into some salary standouts and the state of the week 14 slate. But my oh my there were lots of points flying everywhere it was my highest cash lineup output of the week so before we start boasting about what happened kind of give people the overview of like hey if you didn't have these players I'm sorry
1: yeah there just seems to be like two or three weeks every NFL season where the best plays are the best plays and if you didn't play those guys you were pretty much screwed and this week Chris Godwin I mean, good Lord, 15 receptions. If you didn't have Chris Goblin on DraftKings with their full PPR scoring system, you were probably buried. You know, Antonio Gibson was one of the most popular guys. He hit Sonny Michelle. We ended up getting him with Daryl Henderson and his quad issue. He hit um, Tom Brady and Gardner Minshew were the two quarterbacks everyone played. They both hit at the relative price points. So yeah, it was just a, a slate where like, if you didn't have those guys, it was really tough. And there's certain slates where when you play contrarian, and the chalk fails. You have a massive benefit in GPPs. This was not that weak. You know, I felt really strong about some pivots that I made. Like I played Mike Evans, and I was like, "That's a really smart GPP play." It just didn't work this week, right? So it kind of just depends on you know how, how you play and what slates you like to play. And with these high scoring slates, that you had to have 200 plus to take down a GPP, especially in those large fields. Um, if you had like a 180, you probably didn't have a bad lineup. You just ran into a really tough week. And so I think it's one of those, you know, process of results sort of situations.
0: Reminder that every single week it is a different slate because you're getting different prices. You're getting different games and you're different, you're getting a different cash line. Like, you know, if you scored 150, you normally would say, hey, that's pretty good, but that's good over the course of a season. That's kind of the the median outcome you needed in the 170s, 180s to really, truly get there. And I know some people might be complaining about this, but because the chalk hit the roster percentage was so condensed, everybody had high scores. I mean, so you wrote down a lot of these guys. I was fortunate enough in my cash lineup to have the RB one, Jonathan Taylor, to have Sony Michelle, who basically eight X almost eight X on his salary, uh, Antonio Gibson. Like those were the running backs at the top, and they were a large portion of lineups that had those. We talked at length last week, how most lineups are going to have three running backs in them. So Alexander Madison did just fine. But if you went anywhere else, if you went mix in, if you try to get a little bit cute with Jamal Williams, then I think that's where it was a little bit tough. Uh, if you were fortunate enough to have someone like Justin Jefferson, who was your bold call of the week that would break the slate, then uh, you did all right. My bold call, I didn't get the second part right about this player being the wide receiver one in the slate, but I did say Keenan Allen would catch two touchdowns and my boy did.
1: Dude, positive regression came back. It was it was fun to see. I wish he did everything though, right? Not just like the two touchdowns, but like you know his like nine receptions and one hundred and twelve yards and two touchdowns. That would have been sweet. Um, but yeah, it felt really good to get on Justin Jefferson. Uh, I did play a lot of him in GPPs. I actually almost had a huge week in tournaments, but I ended up trying to go Elijah Mitchell over Antonio Gibson. That turned out to be incorrect. But yeah, man, Justin Jefferson. It, and honestly. Part of it was a little bit luck, right, with the Adam Thielen injury sort of situation, but I think that's what you're talking about. If you're going to be a, a sophisticated tournament player, try to identify like where can this go wrong for other people. And we knew Alexander Madison was going to be extremely popular, and we just said, you know, like what if it's Justin Jefferson that gets all this production? And sure enough, we we found it. Did I think they were going to be playing in a negative game script against the freaking lions? No, I did not. So that also helped a lot. Um, but man, yeah, it was it was a fun week. And again, these high scoring weeks, it's just when the touchdowns are flying. If you're watching red zone, like there's scores left and right, they're super fun to be a part of.
0: I want to highlight one more player that uh, I feel like you had to make a call on this. And it was Sony Michelle. Like he was way down there in the low four Ks. Uh, but let's just talk about this more as like a teaching point and talking point because Sony Michelle was in our best plays article that you updated and said, Hey, okay, we have this price. He was in my cash game pool that I also published during the week. But you know, it looked like Darrell Henderson was going to be out. And then we got news late Saturday and early Sunday morning that, Hey, he's probably going to be active, but Sony Michelle is going to be the lead back knowing his price. Like how should we have moved forward with that? Because I know usually when like the other players active, we're like, ah, I need to pivot But why was he a must play?
1: Yeah, it's a combination of the trend of Daryl Henderson's health and the price. So with Henderson, um, if you read the recap article that I put out for injuries every Tuesday morning, I talked about it there. I said, I'm expecting him to sit throughout the week. We got basically conflicting reports throughout the week, like he was DMP Wednesday, Thursday. And then the official report from the Rams was limited. However, Multiple beat reporters said he basically did nothing in practice. So there was a, a, a trend, and then we just got the Shefty lazy. bomb overnight. He's just lazy. He's just hanging out on the sideline <laughs> of practice. Then we got the Shefty bomb overnight saying that it, it doesn't look good for Henderson to play. So if you just follow all that news, and then, you know, in about an hour before lock, um, another report of saying, like, he's going to play, but he's the backup. You just have all that information at your disposal, and then you have Sonia Michelle just staring you at the face at what was he, 4,300 on DraftKings? And when you are are trying to to fade a really chalky play, they need to be expensive, I think, or or have downside, right? And with Sonny Michelle at four point three k, he didn't have to do anything really to pay off his salary. He fell in the end zone once, and that was lights out. If he didn't play him, basically, because of the fact that he's just so cheap, the salary savings that he offered you, an awesome matchup, a huge implied team total. You really couldn't poke any holes in the spot. For Sonny Michelle, so I think he was one that, and I played him in tournaments. I almost never play a player that's going to be forty to fifty percent, but the difference with him and someone like a Foster Moreau is that Foster Moreau can totally fail, and a running back who's going to get twenty plus touches at four point three in a great spot almost never fails. So it's one of those that I think you probably should have just been overweight the field or match the field if you're playing tournaments, Um, and clearly in cash he was an absolute lock.
0: Yeah, you, you pointed out there's four or five things that were going for him. And while any player can truly bust in cash, he almost felt like a must play. And just ask yourself the question, what could go wrong? I think that's that's totally fair uh in those kind of um conversations when you're getting those players and figuring out your player pools. But you we needed to be able to say, okay, let's say I didn't want Sony Michelle. And I wanted to go somewhere else and pay up a little bit more for Elijah Mitchell, who was a fine play at six K, but the salary savings you got for Mitchell and where you got to pay up elsewhere, it just felt like he was a must play. So uh, yeah, just, just have those conversations, get your player pool and, and mix and match throughout the weekend. I wanted to highlight someone from our discord channel and we get feedback from people all the time. People, I love that channel because people get to sharpen each other, share their lineups. Hey, what do you think about this? And, um, uh, one of our listeners said that they were ready to give up last month. And trust me, we've all been there and started doing this thing where they took notes during this podcast. They decided I'm not going to galaxy brain on Sunday. I'm just going to go with what I thought throughout the week. And then one of the big things they said was taking advice on tweaking cash lineups for GPPs. So just saying, okay, well, instead of Alexander Madison, I'm going to create leverage by playing Justin Jefferson because, uh, he's just an even better play and gives you a lot of leverage. And they said over the last couple of weeks, they've had a couple of top 10 finishes and over $500 of profit. So it's always great to, to hear listeners share those stories, kind of share how they can continue to learn. I mean, we're at week 14 and anybody can turn their season around. Anybody can turn around uh, what happened last week. And so just know your success last week or my success, your success last week bets has zero barring on what happens this next week. Like there's just, it's a completely different slate and we need to recognize that. So if you want our picks, you can get them at dfspass.com. We're going through the playoffs. If you want to jump on our backs, we will carry the team. We're excited to just keep this thing going. So yeah, excited, dfspass.com. But let's talk about the week 14 slate. State of the main slate. Each week, we refer to the lines at the DraftKings Sportsbook. It's where Bets and I play, sportsbook.draftkings.com. And I was fortunate this past weekend, I got to fly out to Arizona to do some housing stuff with my wife. It's been a whirlwind. Uh, bets has kind of gotten to hear some of the just crazy, crazy stuff over the last two weeks about my boat, my house here, selling it, and my house moving there. And while I was out there, I got to play some live bets, got to play some, and one that hit, and I just kept betting it was tom brady over and over again baby i did i just couldn't stop tom brady over two and a half touchdowns against atlanta and i just stuck it to my falcons but that just felt like the easiest bet known to man.
1: yeah it really was and really good (laughs) odds too uh plus money on that as well so that was a great great bet i think i mean you said you flew out there for your house you flew out there just so you could legally wager on dk sportsbook didn't you
0: that that was I just I want to abide by the loss I'm that kind of person Fair enough fair enough and and make some money on my Falcons so yeah that's the one that's trending upwards that was great and I've got some others uh that did really well out there but one that's trending down is your Eagles man I just I looked at this season and just said that is not a good team I don't think Jalen Hurts is a real NFL quarterback he's a good fantasy quarterback But I took the Eagles at under six and a half wins before the season. They are now at six wins. I need them to go 0-4 down the stretch. Do you think they do it? It's possible. And they have a bye week, so they're not going to hurt me this week. But uh, they have Washington twice, and then uh, the Giants, and then is it Dallas? Yep, Dallas. Okay, so divisional games, they could easily just go 0-4, right?
1: Eh, Probably not. I'll probably uh, <laughs> go one and three and break my heart. <laughs> probably just, just a little bit of, of hope and then just Max pain. Um That's, that's my for you. Yes. Uh, and then I'm going to, just going to hop on board with Tom Brady. Like that was one that I was so excited about with the MVP bet early in the year. And after four touchdowns destroying the Falcons, that looked solid, um, especially with like Josh Allen having that, you know, tricky Monday night football game in the wind and all that sort of thing. Uh, and Kyler have been hurt for the last month of the season. Tom Brady looks like it's his to lose at this point. So that is fantastic. One that is down. Oh my, Minnesota. What are we doing? What What is this Vikings team? You have a chance to lock up the game. They gift you the ball at the 20 yard line on the, that fourth down call that Jared Goff doesn't complete and convert. They gift you the game. And then you just sit back like five yards deep in the end zone and let him complete a little check down pass to Amon Ross St. Brown atrocious absolutely embarrassing and I am so upset because I have the over eight and a half now we have Adam Thielen dealing with a high ankle sprain he'll miss multiple weeks this looks really bad really really bad it's just man remember when they also lost to uh was it Cooper Rush on that Sunday night football game right some bad losses on the schedule this year man
0: yeah they have a 10-0-1 score games there'll be a team after the season that we analyze and go okay they left a lot of wins on the field so this week The slate is not too pretty in terms of having huge total games. In fact, right now, there is only one over the 50 mark, and there are a couple more could approach it, but we're not getting these. I mean, there's a bunch of games under 44. I count right now four different games that are 44 below. So not looking too good. Hit me with the highest total games.
1: Yeah, at the top, it's pretty much this is the only game that's in that 50 range. At 52 and a half for the total, it's the Bills and the Bucks in Tampa. And then we've got a couple that are close, like Dallas and Washington football team at 48 and a half. And then uh, the Raiders and the Chiefs, they're also at 48 and a half. But outside of that, like you said, it's all just these middle to low 40s types of games. So I don't think we're going to have a slate like we did last week where it's like 200 points that you need to win a GBP. I think it could be a pretty low scoring week.
0: So knowing that Buffalo and Tampa Bay is going to be the most popular do we look at this game differently from like a tournament perspective? Because the pieces are obvious on the Buccaneers side. The pieces are pretty obvious on the Buffalo side, like Diggs and Allen just stand above everyone else. And so how would you approach this game knowing like, okay, it's going to be the most popular, but there's also, they're expensive. Like there's no cheapies that you can really go to on the Buffalo side that you have a lot of confidence in. Like Beasley could just rack up a ton, but it's like, Beasley and Sanders have done nothing over the last two months
1: yeah it's tough because I think if we would look at this game early in the year like before the trends have developed you'd be like oh sweet we're gonna get a lot of pieces at pretty cheap tags like you said Sanders remember when he was like the wide receiver he was like a wide receiver one fantasy for like the first two months he of the was, year. Awesome. It was crazy so and he's just been gone and then Cole Beasley same story it's like one week you know 12 targets the next week three targets so you just don't know what you're going to get and then Dawson Knox is kind of like most tight ends like he has some upside but he needs to score touchdowns to get there so yeah I feel like it's really tough to play because like you said the most obvious plays or the best plays are also expensive so it's going to be really tough for you to play Tom Brady and Godwin and Evans and also Steph Diggs like it's going to take one of those ancillary pieces to get there and to be honest I I don't know who it's going to be but it is a really interesting way to kind of I think differentiate that game and I think my early lean is just to look at some of the tight ends in that matchup because you know they're not cheap by any means but they're cheaper and they're cheaper ways to stacking with Josh Allen and Tom Brady and obviously Gronk's just been awesome
0: yeah so that game is going to carry a lot I like there's parts of the defense that sound intriguing but without Tredavious White uh buffalo doesn't pack quite as much punch they're on the road so i think overall that's a game that you're just going to want to double stack and figure out where you want to go i'm gonna say that las vegas and kansas city could make some noise if darren waller returns do we have any update on his status
1: no news as of tuesday morning my early lean is that i don't think we see him this week, but of course that could change throughout the week based off of how he progresses. So as of now, I'm expecting him to miss, but if we get him back, that would certainly be... I think, like I agree with you, it would add a lot of juice to that Raiders and KC game.
0: Now Mahomes had a monster game a couple weeks ago, but other than that, over the last five weeks, it's been pretty rough. And he's actually been really bad at home. Like, it's just not something that you can completely bank on. So I think this slate is interesting because at first you would look at this game and you'd say, okay, Buffalo, Tampa Bay, and then the Chiefs. I just want to jump on the Chiefs and say they're going to, as nine and a half point favorites, like just go for it. But Las Vegas has played them tough the last couple of years. And Las Vegas always shows up in weird spots, right? On Thanksgiving, in Dallas, they just have some weird games where like they're they're non-existent and then they show up and they're super competitive. So I think that's a, a game that will carry a lot of roster percentage because of the big 3 with Kansas City and Hunter Renfro I feel like is still going to be a popular guy. I mean, he's still your boy, right?
1: Dude, he's uh, I mean, what's there to say? Most disrespected wide receiver in the NFL. He's actually good good at the game, but you know, <laughs> it's Hunter Renfro so no one plays him. Um and sneaky upside, right? Like especially on DraftKings. I keep looking at his tag and it's like going up and I'm like, ah, "I can't play Hunter Renfro at 5800 like you know what's the upside there? and then of course he does it. and this week I looked again. I was like, man, sixty one hundred like that's a lot for Hunter Renfro. but if you look at his box scores he's been awesome, especially if Darren Waller's out. the splits over the course of the last couple seasons are are pretty solid. so yeah, he's interesting for sure if you're gonna stack the game.
0: yeah, and you won't get Foster Moreau. he's his price has jumped up. so it's Renfro is basically the only guy. I mean you could play Jacobs in tournaments. Uh, he's been getting a lot of passing work too, but give me your sneakiest game on this slate. And I had a hard time with this one.
1: Yeah. I don't really have one to be honest with you <laughs> because ah. I, there's a lot in flex on this slate, especially with injuries across a lot of NFL teams at this point of the year. So we'll have a much clearer picture as of Friday, but I'm going to throw out just real, real quick with this. The chargers onslaught stack this week, I think is going to be one that might fly under the radar. We have news that Keenan Allen is on the COVID list. I'm not sure of his vaccination status or like what that entails as far as his possibility to play on Sunday. But if we assume he's out, you know, you could have a condensed target tree with Austin Eckler and Mike Williams and even Jared Cook, if you wanted to. And I mean, dude against Jake Fromm, the Chargers are just going to absolutely roll.
0: Jake Fromm. just so you know, it's from here in Georgia. He's a little league world series legend. Um, He's not good at NFL football at all. (laughs) How about college football? Was he good then? He did beat out Justin Fields at Georgia. So it was a a weird time here in Georgia. All right, I'm going to throw out a game that right now the total doesn't sound too inviting. Okay, Uh, It's the Ravens at the Browns, and the total is 42 and a half. Okay, that's gross. That's really, really gross. But my question is, which Lamar Jackson are we going to get? On FanDuel, he's all the way down as the QB six in pricing. So you're getting a discount on Lamar. We know that an explosion can always happen. And the last couple of weeks we haven't seen it. It's been really ugly. The Ravens offense is stalled out. Well, I want to take advantage of those types of emotions from the field. And I could totally see Lamar erupt for a little bit more. He had four INTs against the Browns two weeks ago, and people are going to be talking about that, right? That was that game where all four of those were on targets to Mark Andrews. So everyone's going to be just bringing up those kind of stats. The previous four matchups that Lamar has had against the Browns, he had three touchdowns in each of those games. So we know that he can actually play. We know that he has upside. And if everyone's forgetting about him and he's lower in salary, that says to me, I can play him in tournaments.
1: Yeah, love it. I mean, anytime you have a superstar such as Lamar Jackson or any other superstar really that just has had a couple of bad games, I mean, there's no doubt at some point it's gonna turn around and it's gonna be awesome. And we talk about it every week. Like, don't wait for it to happen. Like, you gotta do it early. And that was the thesis behind playing a couple of shares of like DK Metcalf last week. And I know he didn't truly pay it off in the box score, tackled at the one yard line. Um, but the Seahawks did put up thirty points, right? Like we said, it's not gonna be this bad forever. And it's not gonna be this bad forever with Lamar and the Ravens. So yes, I'm with you. I think it's sneaky for sure. Um, and the nice thing about it is like you know where the ball's going, right? You can you can play Hollywood with him. You can play Mark Andrews with him. I'm definitely going to be playing a couple of Lamar shares in GPPs.
0: So you mentioned Seattle. The game that I want to be underweight on is Seattle and Houston. I would pick Seattle right now. I don't feel too bad about them winning, but the fact that game's on the road and the fact that they've just hit the under consistently throughout this year just makes me say I don't see that as a game that is going to just be high-powered. high, high powered. Like Even if you wanted to play Tyler Lockett, that's fine. But I wouldn't think about double stacking Russ this week. I just feel like this is one of those weeks where they're going to feed, I don't know, Adrian Peterson.
1: (laughs) I mean, hey, you have to, right? Like, he's the GOAT.
0: Yeah. All right. Did you know that Adrian Peterson has as many rushing touchdowns this year as Christian McCaffrey and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Miles Sanders combined?
1: This is a friendly reminder that this silly game we play, (laughs) what we think is going to happen in August, 0% chance of of those things coming true. I saw your tweet this morning, and I almost spit out my coffee. So yes, I saw that.
0: These are reminders that fantasy football is fragile. All right, give me the team that you want to be underweight on.
1: Yeah, this is really tricky because there's not many totals, like we said, that are up at around 50, and this Dallas and Washington game is one of the ones that are there, but I guess my reason for being underweight on it or possibly fading it, there's a couple of reasons. One is just, I don't know what DraftKings was doing with Dallas' side of the ball. They're so cheap. Dak is 6.7K. CeeDee Lamb is 7.2K. He's definitely affordable. You can get to him on the slate. And then Amari Cooper, he's below 6,000, 5.9. So people are going to play Dallas. They're going to see that green number next to Dallas's guy's name against Washington and think this is an awesome spot. And certainly Dallas can do that. But Washington... They're hitting the under like every single week over the last seven. It's it's six of their games that hit the under. They are not really putting up a ton of points on their own side of the ball as far as offense. They're top ten in scoring defense over the last six weeks. So it's just it's not the same matchup I think people think it is basically. And if it's gonna carry a ton of roster percentage, I might fade it depending on what opens up later in the week for us. And then you know on the on the Washington side too, Antonio Gibson everyone got the Antonio Gibson we were waiting for so if JD McKissick is still out which we need to wait and see but if he's still out he's going to be extremely popular again so it just creates a situation where you're playing into a lot of roster percentage if things play out the way that we think they will
0: I think that's a good point to bring up is like value is an awesome thing like we usually run to oh look at this player and how cheap they are value is also a trap if you then jam them in every single lineup and in GPPs, that game doesn't get there and you're like, oh, I played a ton of Dallas and they were good points per dollar projections, but they didn't have the ceiling that other players did in other games. So, yeah, that's that's a great point. Alright, two more questions here. The team that you're most confident hits the over, I'm going to say Kansas City. I think they've started to right the ship and I like this matchup against the Raiders. I will roll with
1: Tampa. They're just playing awesome football right now and I know the matchup on paper looks really tough, but it's got such a high total and... You know, sometimes defensive matchups are a bit overrated, especially with Tredavious White out of the lineup.
0: So just a a note on that last week I, on this podcast, I said, I am flying to Arizona and betting over the Tampa Bay team implied total. It was 30.8. They scored 30 points because Ryan's sucky suck up decided to miss an extra point. So I was pretty, pretty mad that uh, I felt so right on that call and it just didn't even matter. All right, uh team that you're most confident hits the under, and I'm gonna say the Giants. If Jake Fromm is their quarterback, they're on the road against the Chargers, they have been a train wreck. Kenny G has been a train wreck. It's just I want no part of that.
1: What if it's Mike Lennon?
0: Then I still don't want any part of it. And I f- okay. I think he got hurt, so I, I think He did. He's in concussion poor protocol. Poor guy.
1: Oh, rough times for our boy. Um. yeah I mean listen the Jaguars what is there to say I forget what your stat was last week Kyle it was like they've hit the over on their implied total twice this year that is still true after one more week so if you just keep blindly betting under on Jacksonville you're probably a very very rich man Um. yeah I mean not not much to say not interested in Jacksonville hitting their implied total based off what we've seen from them this year
0: all right let's look at this week's salaries <laughs> salary standouts. So keep in mind the teams that are off the main slate this week include the Cardinals, Rams, Vikings, Steelers, Packers, and Bears. All right. And then we have a couple teams on by your Eagles, the Colts. So there are some interesting possibilities of the way, when you look at salary and we look at certain positions, when we get to tight end, I have a pretty strong early opinion this week of what I want to do And it's different than maybe what we're used to. So uh, let's go to quarterback. And we've been recommending a couple guys over and over again. Like it's been Brady and Herbert the last couple of weeks. And they both came through last week. Uh, Where are you at in terms of early who you like at quarterback?
1: Yeah, when I logged in and just looked at the pricing, the first name that stuck out to me more just because it seemed like a value was Dak Prescott. Um, 6.7K taking on Washington. I know we just talked about maybe in tournaments. That being a possible fade, I think in cash games, he certainly looks viable, especially when you think about, you know, over the last couple of weeks, they've dealt with some injuries um, and Amari Cooper being on the COVID list. Presumably, he should be back in in better shape this week. CeeDee Lamb's still there. Um, So I think things are trending in the right direction for Dak at 6.7K. Seems like a value on DraftKings.
0: Josh Allen, Tom Brady in the same exact game. They're really close in salary, 7.8, 7.6. They feel like better tournament plays to me right this second. Uh, I like Justin Herbert because they're healthy, you know, home favorites. He's only 7.1. I feel like I just want to stay in the flames with Justin Herbert. But the conversation I want to have with you is about Taysom Hill. So he had his first start. We saw him Thursday night finishes the QB four on the week. And we know that running quarterbacks just make a difference. He's had five starts in the NFL. He's averaged 62 rushing yards per game. 10 rush attempts per game. And who does he play this week? Oh, wait, it's the Jets, who are doo-doo. If you want to think about them as the flaming bag of doo-doo on fire, the paper bag on your front porch, that's what the Jets are. They allow the highest yards per temp, the highest QB rating, and the highest first down rate of any team in the league. I want to play Taysom at 5.4. Do I just stay with that, knowing he has a high floor?
1: And you didn't even mention how bad they are against running backs, which... Taysom Hill's going to run the ball. Um, it, yeah, it's really tough with Taysom Hill because if he didn't have the finger issue, it's almost a slam dunk. But we know he's dealing with that mallet finger, which essentially is going to affect his grip strength and his ability to deliver the ball. You saw, if you watched the game Thursday night, really did struggle with that. I think what happens is that we see sort of like this quarterback committee type of situation where if they want to throw the ball, like Simeon comes into the game and then Taysom Hill is doing his thing running the football. Um, so I think for cash as of now, my lean is that I just don't want to get stuck in a situation where Simeon's in there and throws a 20 yard pass for a touchdown. And then that takes away a possession or if Alvin Kamara comes back in, then you have one other person to compete with for rushing attempts inside, you know, the 10 yard line and five yard line. So I don't know. It's, it's tricky. If the injury wasn't there, it certainly for me would be yes. But I think earlier right now, I probably am leaning away from him in cash games.
0: And just to correct what I said earlier, he's 5.6 on DraftKings. I just, if he was even lower, if he was 5K, I feel like I would just be able to say yes. But he's starting that conversation, like we saw with Cam a couple weeks ago, where it's like, what's the downside? Well, the downside is, like you mentioned, they bring in Simeon. Uh, The Jets are obviously a dream matchup on the ground, through the air. It's about as good as it gets. So those are quarterbacks right now. At running back, we have some guys in that 5-6K range, once again, that we're really juiced up about. So the two guys you wrote down, I think that I'm most excited, but Javante Williams 5.9 just feels juicy.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, we don't really know what's going to happen right now with Melvin Gordon. If Melvin Gordon is out, I mean, Javante Williams is going to be 80% in double ups and 50% in GPPs. <laughs> like, I, I mean, maybe not that high, but but he is going to be the most popular player on the slate, especially if you look at the trend, right? We, t- we took him, people are taking him in best ball drafts in like the sixth round at some point. Even the fifth uh, in redraft leagues, you've been holding on to him for months. You finally get that huge game on Sunday night, and now he just gets the best matchup possible. So yeah, if Melvin Gordon's out, he's a cash game lock.
0: And the way that you said that to you, like, he's probably gonna be the most popular player on the slate. Like, this guy's the most popular dude on Twitter right now. I think every fantasy football Twitter loves this guy. And I just want to bring up on FanDuel, for some reason, he's 6.7 there. He's the same price as Melvin Gordon. Like that, I don't, I guess they priced him thinking that Gordon was going to come back and maybe he does. But Javante Williams on both sides is far and away the easiest person to put in your lineup. Antonio Gibson at 6K, just his price only went up $300. If he's the dude, once again, like he's just been getting so much work recently. But let's talk about the 49ers backfield because Elijah Mitchell is in concussion protocol. Our boy, Jeff Wilson, had a knee flare up. What is that?
1: Basically, it's just. He's dealing with some pain, probably a little bit of swelling in his knee. Remember, he had meniscus surgery in the off season, missed a huge chunk to open the year because he was still rehabbing. And then um, over the last three or four weeks, was finally back in the lineup. And this happens. You know, the meniscus surgery tends to result in a slower progression as far as ramping up workload. So as a result, we have this little flare up with Jeff Wilson. Dude, if he if he's out and let's say Elijah Mitchell can't clear protocol. Trey Sermon is on IR, and even if he was active, they would not give him the football. He's on IR. Jermichael <laughs> Hasty, 4K. I mean, you don't, it doesn't even matter who the matchup is. You just you would play him in cash. You would just lock him in at, at the Stone mint. I think it'd be an interesting conversation in tournaments, but just so cheap. So yeah, the 49ers backfield as far as the injury front is one to monitor throughout the week.
0: I'm so glad that you can give actual medical advice because if I was on here and if it was just me and I was talking about a knee flare up, I'd be like, I have no idea. Like, I guess he <laughs> took a blowtorch to his knee and just said, coach, I don't want to play anymore. But Jamichael hasty. Yeah. 4k free square. Okay. in the same way last week. I mean, I think Sony Michelle was even in a better spot, but he's the free square of the week at 4k. What are we going to do about the running backs this week in terms of like elevated prices? Cause I wouldn't say that they're great this week. I mean, Eckler's the most expensive on both sites. On DraftKings, he's 8.3 in a good spot against the Giants. I think you can pay up. Alvin Kamara, the matchup is against the Jets, which is just beautiful. Coming off an injury is 7.9, how are you handling those two dudes?
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, if we had news as the week goes on that Kamara is definitely going to play and the trend is positive, it would just set up so perfectly for him, right? We talked about it with, um with the Jets. And even if he would have split a little bit of time with Mark Ingram, I think the matchup is good enough that he could pay off his tag in cash. And then yeah, for Eckler, I know he carries the Q tag right now. I'm not worried about him missing any time. So he's still interesting to me taking on the Giants in what would be a huge positive game script. So those two at the top, there's certainly some holes that you can poke in that spot. But yeah, it's tough, right? Like there's no Jonathan Taylor, like Dalvin and Alexander Madison are off the main slate. I mean, there's injuries everywhere at the running back position. It's a really bad running back slate as far as elite options i think my early lean in the week is if we knew both guys were 100 healthy no doubt about it at a cheaper tag i would roll with alvin kamara would you do the same
0: i i feel like with Taysom in the mix it just feels a little different than it did before with kamara yeah
1: so. and actually now that we're talking through it i should say his splits uh, austin eckler his splits without keenan allen in the lineup are insane so maybe maybe i take that statement back i Here's my advice. I have no idea what I'm going to do. How about that?
0: (laughs) Hey, you're sorting it out on a Tuesday, which is totally fine. We'll talk about Mike Williams in a second because he's going to be a popular man as well. I want to just mention this last kind of running back thought. If I could just start Titans running back and I could get both Dontrell Hilliard and Dante Foreman in one person, I would feel really happy about it. Hilliard's four point three or 5.3 before the bye. He went 12 for 131 and one and the week before he saw 10 targets. So like he's just gotten the type of work that you want and Foreman went over 100 as well. It's the Jaguars. That's why it's so attractive to me and Hilliard's been pretty great. Uh I wish that price tag was a little bit lower but he's he's proved it that he's worth 5.3. So just another name to throw out there if you wanted to get cheaper. I don't think I could have Hasty and Hilliard in the same lineup. I just think that's just way too cheap you're missing out on some top production but get a stud find somebody probably like Javante Williams and it's it's probably going to be one of the studs Javante and hasty in every lineup isn't it
1: probably yeah. especially yeah especially if the news breaks the way that like early in the week if that continues with like Melvin being out and that sort of thing yeah that's going to be the way it goes
0: at wide receiver this week Tyreek kills the top option you have digs up there as well but there's a lot of guys in the five, six K range that I think are going to be worth it. And you pointed out Mari Cooper earlier at 5.9. Let's talk about Mike Williams at six K. We know he's super volatile plays against the giants, but when Keenan Allen's out, he has a 25% target share and you can't argue against that at that price. So if you had to pick between Eckler and big Mike Willie in your cash lineup, who are you going with?
1: probably Eckler because I think the running back slate is just so bad that I would want that proven production. And then at wide receiver, there's going to be, there's always names that pop up as the week goes on um, that you get really excited about. So I think my lean is Eckler, but I wouldn't fault anyone that wanted to go Mike Williams. I mean, shout out to John Daigle from NBC sports edge. He put that out, this out on Twitter in the four games without Keenan Allen in the lineup. Mike Williams stat lines are seven for 76 and two. 5 for 109 and 2, 4 for 40, not great. But 6 for 108 and 1, and that's a 25% target share in those games. So, if you're getting that from a wide receiver at 6k, I mean, it'd be really really tough to pass on that.
0: And I know Mike Williams is forever in your heart. He helped you take down a uh, a showdown last year, so the crazy thing about Williams is you're not getting a backup player like that that just has a higher target volume and no real ceiling like this. This isn't Jacoby Myers. This is Mike Williams who can literally go off for 150 yards and two touchdowns. So in cash, he's an interesting thing because I think fading Mike Williams is terrifying. Playing Mike Williams is also terrifying. So you just figure out what you want to do and how you want to manage your emotions, but he's a great play as well on FanDuel at 69 I'll give you a couple more names and you tell me where you're at on them. Mike Evans is a lot cheaper than Chris Godwin about $500 cheaper. He's 6.6 against Buffalo. If we like that team, if we like their team implied total, I'm going to lean Evans direction this week. Uh, DJ Moore 6.2 against Atlanta. Of course, no Christian McCaffrey. Uh, he's done pretty well against Atlanta as well. Jerry Judy at 5.6 against the lions feels like a safe medium play. And then I'm going to give you some gross names down here if you wanted to save. What about Jalen Guyton as a punt play for the Chargers at
1: 3.4? He's the best of these three names that you're going to throw out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if if Keenan doesn't play, I would presume Jalen Guyton well, I don't know. We don't know for sure what they would do, but I he would be definitely in the mix as like a guy that will see more snaps. You may see like a wide receiver kind of by committee sort of thing with like um Josh Palmer, the rookie, and a couple other guys. But yeah, he would definitely be in play at, what is he, 3.4K? Just super cheap for, like we said, an offense that has a huge total in a really good matchup.
0: Basically, I'm running into the problem of how many chargers can I play this week because I even wrote down Jared Cook's name at 3.2. Keenan Allen just obviously opens up at least 10 targets. So when we pass those around, Eckler gets a few, Mike Williams gets an uptick. All those guys are interesting. I don't think I can play more than two maybe three like if you wanted to play herbert you know Eckler, guyton i get it Um, but you're really putting a lot in one basket dude why not marv jones at 4.5
1: uh you seen (laughs) the jaguars play football
0: (laughs) guys i keep bringing up marv jones because his (laughs) salary his salary (laughs) just keeps going down and because he's one of the staples of this podcast i need to bring it up it is the titans who's let secondary me is let me read his
1: uh weekly don't do it finishes do it. <laughs> in redraft leagues and half ppr you ready since week eight wide receiver 56 65 52 40 nice week 47 <laughs> last week 76 at the position oh man urban just he killed him
0: Dude, calling it now, GPP play. Just just bank it. it. Just put it in right now.
1: He's going to be 0.6% in tournaments, and you're going to be the only one that's playing e- him.
0: That's exactly where I like Marvin Jones. Who else do you know that could go for four touchdowns in a game? Hmm?
1: Hmm? Not Marv. That's that's for sure. <laughs> the
0: Jaguars have a 17 implied total. <laughs> I know. I just love that he's done it before. He... I just love, I love Marvin Jones. He's, he's up there. He's in the Pantheon of players. I'll throw out one more name on FanDuel. Elijah Moore is on fire. What if I told you he was the wide receiver two since week eight? Like he's just unbelievable right now. And he's too cheap on FanDuel. He's 6.3. Corey Davis is out for the year with core. Is it a core muscle injury? Yep. Okay. So Elijah Moore, I think is too cheap there. If you wanted some guaranteed production and for all that Zach Wilson is, and will ever be. We can't say this. He hyper targets wide receivers and we'll take that for fantasy. All right. Here's my big conversation. I want to have is at tight end. Usually we say pay up or punt this week. I feel like paying up is the right call.
1: It might be. Might not be. I need,
0: (laughs) I I need more confidence from you.
1: Yeah. I mean, so when we talk about like the, the spend up options, right? Like, um across the board it's travis kelsey as per usual the chiefs you just talked about it right like when they're playing at home mahomes isn't giving you those games and i don't know if you heard on the broadcast this past week but they were talking about how coming out of the bye, and Reid really wanted to establish the run game with Clyde edwards allaire it's like this isn't the chiefs that we know and love like it's just not the same and i, I know travis kelsey's going to turn it around at some point don't get me wrong but he's expensive 7.4 then you look at george kittle Okay, he was awesome last week, and he was a GPP winner. Great for your best ball teams, Kyle. Finally, um, but if we get Debo back, <laughs> late, can you have buddy. Yeah, a little late. If we get Debo back, can you get the same confidence that you have in George Kittle and then Darren Waller at six point four? He has an injury. Gronk's price is getting elevated, so I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just not sure that it's like on a Tuesday. I'm not set in stone that that's my approach.
0: On FanDuel, I will be playing Travis Kelsey, everyone, at 7.5. So he's only $100 more, which means he's a crazy value on FanDuel. And on DraftKings, he's $1,100 cheaper than Tyreek. And Tyreek could certainly just go bananas against the Raiders, but I will, I like Kelsey a lot this week. I'll just say right now, usually I stay away from paying up a tight end. I think it's not worth it. On a slate where there's not a lot of great wide receivers, no Cooper Cup, no Devontae Adams. I'd rather roll with Kelsey and pay for a quote wide receiver at 7.4 that I think is going to get guaranteed volume with one of the highest totals on the slate. So I like Kelsey a lot. If you did want to punt this week, I mentioned Jared Cook at 3.2. CJ Ozama is 3K, but he just feels like such a boom or bust play. It's not a lot of great options. Uh, Any other names you want to throw out there?
1: Yeah, I'll just throw out real quick. uh, Ricky Seals Jones with the Logan Thomas injury. Logan Thomas is not going to play this week. But RSJ has missed the last couple of games with the hip injury. So it's still not sure where he's at in his recovery. But if he was the dude, we've just seen him play. No matter who the tight end is, they play 100% of the snaps and they're going to get targets. So at 3.6, if he was healthy, he'd be interesting. But again, for tournaments, you're playing right into the popularity of Dallas and Washington. So he would be a fade for me in tournaments, but definitely viable as a pun option in cash.
0: Yes, if I knew right now that he was healthy, I'd be interested. And then his backup, John Cathy Bates um if you wanted to go there we did that a couple weeks ago he's fine uh let's finish off with dst who do you like this week
1: yeah it's another tricky slate i don't know about you but it was kind of tough to find ones that i really liked Uh, i'll throw out carolina they're 2.8 coming out of the bye taking on sad times the falcons um and carolina has been really good on defense and the falcons offensive line is not so good so give me give me the panthers here at 2.8
0: do you think the Falcons could actually win their three-point road dogs?
1: Um, I think so. We've seen the bottom fallout from Cam before.
0: Okay, we need two wins, people. Okay, just so you know. like our, our bet that we've talked about from the beginning of this year and we've talked about all throughout the season is Falcons over seven wins. We need to get to seven wins to get our money back. So you are with us. Just sweat it out. We still have to play the Lions, so at least there's a win that's maybe on board. Maybe. But uh, this is probably our most winnable game before the Lions game. Uh, I'll mention Cleveland. It's a high variance play because they're at home. You know that they rush to pasture and we know that Lamar can turn the ball over. We also know that Lamar could turn it on against them. So that's a high variance play at 2.7. I like it in tournaments a lot. And then if you really wanted to punt and just say this game is just going to be gross and a low total, Jacksonville's 2.3. We've used them before as just an absolute punt. I just, it's gross. So I think Carolina is easily the best play all on FanDuel though. It's a little different. Kansas city is priced way down at home against the Raiders. They're 3.7 on that site. They're the DST 15. So that's, that's a misprice. And then all the way down at the stone men is the jets at 3k at home. If I knew that Kamara was not going to play, I think I would play the jets on FanDuel and cash and just say, who cares? Doesn't matter.
1: Yep. If I think you that's want to viable, especially if Taysom does actually throw the football with his finger, I think it's viable.
0: <laughs> Apparently, you need your finger to throw. That's what they say,
1: especially your middle finger. It's the last one to come off the football.
0: Wow. Fun I fact. Didn't know that. Yeah. If if you want to play with us, you can go to ballersdfs.com, go to our DraftKings League, and play with us every single week. We open up different contests. Fans Footballers DFS Borg plus bets. I, at one point, I was rocking my Battle of the Board contest this week. Slowly fell out of favor. Yeah, I know. I should have just played my cash lineup, but I did just didn't even do that. Um, oh, well. But, yes, if you want to play with us, you can go to DraftKings and enter into a contest. Invite your friends, your family, whoever else you want to. We'd love for you guys to be a part of it. Bets, why don't you tell the lovely people? Why don't you tell the lovely people, Bets, how... They can have a great rest of the week.
1: Yes, yes, you can. Have a great rest of the week. Um, I plan to have a great rest of the week. We will see you guys again on Friday. Hopefully, we have more information. This slate is going to be really tricky, but we're going to crush it as per usual. So, we'll see you then. Have an awesome week. See you on Friday.